Alrighty guys, Andrew Bobro is here. Hey, I want to do a video on Brandon Staley and his notes for the uh, awesome game that we won uh, versus the Titans. Man, I tell you what, that was an amazing game. Super excited to see us come out the way we did. I mean, we played with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. So uh, guys, let's get into it. So guys, as you know, I'm actually been traveling, so I'm no longer in Utah. I'm actually here in Arizona, so I'm back in the duck room, trying to move things around, trying to get my office set up, ready to go. So it's going to be a little bit wonky for a bit, guys. Awesome shirt on here. I know Richie Rich, I really appreciate this one. But um, again, guys, if you like what you see here, like and subscribe. Definitely want to continue uh, getting the content out to some more folks. Guys, let's get into the uh, transcript of, of this game, because there's some really good notes. I was really impressed with not only the way that our team competed, but the way that we battled through a lot of adversity, quite frankly. I mean, it was it was awesome to see what we did as a team. But uh, Brandon Sealy had some really good notes here. I want to kind of go through and and really get your thoughts on, you know, what happened, um, how the game progressed, and how the, the game really, uh, you know, evolved uh, during the game. But I'll tell you right now, man, I think these last two games, again, I said it on our uh, game, uh, pregame, uh, postgame show on Monday with James. Uh, Brandon Staley has really impressed me these last two games, right? I, I feel like in a weird way, everything's coming together for him as, as a coach. And he, in the entire coaching staff now, I still feel like Lombardi's a little bit um, out of his element to some degree. But I do also believe that he's, uh, Brandon Staley is helping him with the, uh, the coaching decisions on on some of the play calls, right? So I think that's been a really good, a nice change to see Brandon Silly step in a little bit more on the offense since we're seeing some nice nice uh, improvements on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, this game didn't really have a lot of offense um, specifically, but we'll go into that a little bit more. I really felt like they tried to run the ball a little too much, and I think they got themselves a little bit out of rhythm. Uh, some of the notes, he talks a little bit about that, we'll move it on. So let's talk about injuries at this point first. Uh, first and foremost, um, obviously there were some injuries, uh, that we need to discuss. Joey Bosa, um, has definitely been injured. We all know that, right? His return is, uh, you know, TBD at this point. Um, and Derwin James, you know, to be honest with you, I actually think he might not play this game at all, uh, versus the Colts. Um, his recovery is, is coming back. Um, I think, I really don't think he's going to play this next game versus the Colts. I mean, he might, but what's the point, right? And what's the point of bringing Joey Bosa back now as well, too? In my mind, these next three games are very winnable with the team that we have now. Now, they may suit them up, maybe say, hey, give it a shot. What do you guys think? Uh, but we'll go from there. Um, there's a few other injuries that we do want to discuss here as well. As, uh, Austin Eckler, um, yeah, so he apparently had a shoulder injury that he hurt uh, during the Miami game. And so I think he re-aggravated again during the Titans game. So... Um, but apparently, you know, the, the MRI was negative. He should be fine. Josh Palmer, this one was a bit of a concern to me, but apparently he's fine too, which is great. So, um, I would assume that these guys are probably going to be very limited practice this week. Um, and they'll be ready to go, uh, you know, versus the Colts on Monday, which is nice because you'll have an extra day. I know that's, uh, was highlighted here with Derwin James. So, um, but again, uh, these two injuries, there's another one too, Joe Gaziano, uh, groin injury, you know, the Italian talent had a great game, guys. I mean, look, the, it, it, it could be so easy to just get frustrated with the situation that, you know, we've had all these defensive lines injuries, but man, these guys have stepped up. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, more about this, you know, with the culture, the nature, what Brandon has created, what this coaching staff has done. But it's really good to see. And, 
it's interesting seeing people like, you know, Kimon Hall having hamstring injuries week to week on that one. But look, we're not seeing players like key name players really being hurt any further, right? I actually think Derwin James probably could have played last week, probably could have played, definitely could play on Monday, I do believe. Um, and they probably could rush Joey Bosa back. But since we won those two games versus Miami and Tennessee, it's like, well, what's the point, right? I mean, our team that we have on the field now is playing great football. Why jinx it? So I think they're going to take time to get some of these players back. Again, right now we're in the playoff position. My brother's going to be doing a video on that tomorrow. But but again, guys, it's exciting to see where we're sitting right now as a team. And again, you know, a lot of what we're seeing about this team is resilience. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well, too. So let's talk about the offensive performance. So this goes into, um, I, I don't, I, again, guys, I was traveling from Vegas. Uh, I was literally on the road. We had bits and pieces of service. But one of the things I do remember them talking about specifically is that that the Chargers wanted to run the football. And they really did. And, and they did on the first drive. And specifically, Joshua Kelly obviously scored a touchdown. But the thing is, I think they stuck with the run a little too long, in my opinion. And don't get me wrong. There's a reason why you want to run the ball because you can start working play action. And we did try to do a lot of play action during the game as well. To rewatch the game, you could tell they were trying to make the play action work. But unfortunately, you know, when they don't respect the run, they're not going to respect the play action a whole lot. So it doesn't really open up, you know, shots down the field. And of course, teams that play against Justin Herbert and this particular offense do not want those shots down the field. So they're trying to minimize the big play. And it's pretty simple, right? You know, um, you know, it's 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 really interesting. But again, short yardage uh runs were good. Um, I think there were some some larger ones that were out of rhythm. I mean, there was a, a reverse that went that didn't go very well, and, and there was just a little some weird little things that they're still struggling with. Now, I would give the argument, guys, what do you guys think? It really seems like a lot of this is is large because there's three rookies on that offensive line, right? You got Zion Johnson, um, uh, uh, Jamari uh, Sawyer, and then you also have well, technically Trey Pipkins was out there as well. So, but Pipkins, this was really his first year of being, you know, the right tackle, right? Um, but just the cohesiveness on that line has just not really been there, right? And so, it's really been interesting to see, um, you know, how kind of out of sync we have been to some degree, right? I, but I do think that you know the negative plays were a bad situation, um, you know. Again, it, it's one of those situations where you sit back and ask yourself this question. Okay, what did we do wrong? Well, look, we're playing a very good Tennessee uh, defense, right? Their defense is a very good defense every year. Yes, they've had plenty of injuries, but they're still a very well-coached defense. I mean, that, that team, I view them a lot like the Steelers or the Ravens, right? They just run the ball first and play good defense, right? So they have a lot of good defensive players, even with those injuries. Um, and again, just like what Brandon Silly said here, there was, just wasn't great synergy yesterday. Um, and, and that's some truth there, right? Herbert had it when he needed to have it to win the game, uh, but really, really interesting. So that's why we only got 14 or 17 points, right? Really interesting situation. But um, yeah, this was kind of interesting. I was kind of surprised to see that they didn't challenge us, but there was a little bit of movement on the ball. That's why they, they didn't challenge the ball. And that's ultimately what Brandon Silas says right here. That look, at the end of the day, there was low movement, you know, probably not a good challenge. Um so this, this is interesting. I really like what Brandon Staley says specifically about the defense's ability to perform at a high level without Derwin James. And again, when he went down, I was very concerned. I think that's when a lot of our fan base and myself included, we got started getting a little nervous. We're like, oh my God, we're, we're losing Derwin James. We don't have Bosa out there. You know, JC Jackson, who knows what's happening after everything that's happening to him right now. I think he's in jail at this moment. Um, I mean, who knows what his situation is going to be moving forward, but very interesting situation here. Um, 
But it goes to show you the character of this team. And everyone just says next man up. And, and again, you hear that all the time in football, but boy, this team is really showing that it's next man up and they're doing such a great job. I mean, right now, I would say with the people that are out there, I mean, Nas had almost a nearly perfect PFF score from this last game. Um, and I was like, wow, Nas Adderley, nearly a, a perfect PFF score, which is incredible to see, right? So, but it's great. But you're seeing guys like Jasir Taylor, a rookie. The, the one thing I will always say about this two guys, um, these are the people that, again, our safety play up to these last two weeks has not been good, in my opinion. I really feel like Aloe and, and Nas have just kind of been all over the map. They're okay, but they're just not doing great. But man, they have stepped up, right? And And, and I'll tell you, with these guys, and again, you still got JT Woods that's sitting on the sidelines, right? He's still there trying to get better and understanding the game, looking at film, seeing things, understanding coverages, understanding what to do. These guys are finally stepping up. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what's going, uh, you know, through there. But obviously Raheem Lane played a little bit, which I thought was really interesting, you know, in, in a few sub packages. Pretty interesting to see some of these other guys out there, right? And, and with Tannehill, you kind of know he's not going to throw the ball a whole lot, right? I mean, that's just not what he does. Um, I think we only limited to almost 160 yards total passing. So, you know, my view is, hey, we did a great job of even limiting what he can do moving forward, right? So um, it'll be really interesting to see how this is going to uh, to be. You know, so, you know, it, it's good to see these guys step up and the way that the defense has filled in behind Derwin James. But I think the argument can also be made that Derwin James has made the defense better. He's coached them up. He's shown them great leadership and they've become better players um, in his absence. So, so it's good to see. Again, we want Derwin James back. If I had to make a guess, I'd probably say he won't play this uh, this Monday. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Um, anyways, kind of, kind of a funny little story here, right? I guess they ambushed him. Um, he, he's recanting a story about them winning without Derwin James. He said, I kind of ambushed him the other day at the Miami game. We did something the other night that was amazing. And he thought he was going to say something complete, but he's like, we won without you. <laughs> Because you guys got to understand, Derwin James is a leader, and, and he continues to describe how he energizes the team, keeps everybody happy. And look, there is not only is he a great football player and just a general amazing athlete, an amazing person too, by the way. I don't know if you've seen what he does off the field, but Derwin James is that guy that is just a fantastic human being. I, I think it was two or three weekends ago, I think I think he was nominated for, I think it was the man of the year, or the, the football player of the year, some sort of awards. He goes... He goes, the amount of give back that he does is is mind-blowing. He says, he says every week during the offseason, he's out there visiting people, fans, and you know, sick, sick kids and 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 really just giving back to the community. So you really have to say, not only is Erwin James an amazing football player for this team, he's an amazing leader, right? Which is huge. But secondarily, he's an amazing human being that's giving back to his community. You have to say, you have to give him so many kudos for that because it's so big. It's so big seeing what he can do and, and have him improve as a human being. Right. So again, those are the people I want to follow. And those are the people that I want to respect as well, too, because they're giving back to their community and making life better for everybody around them. So at any rate, um, it's good to see, you know, his leadership be a little bit, um, you know, cohesive for the rest of the team and, and really proliferate to the rest of the team, the, the members when he's not there. So, so anyways, um, now, this, this is really good. I really, this, this right here, this is a paragraph I want to sit on for a little bit because it talks um, how he, Brandon Staley, personally has been able to navigate the roller coaster of this season. And guys, make no mistake about it, it's been an absolute roller coaster this season, right? You know, we've seen everything that's happened with, you know, all of our injuries. 
Um, and this gives a really good insight, not only to football and how to navigate a tough season, because every season's tough. Every season's tough, guys. Let's make no mistake about it. There is never going to be a perfect season. I mean, there, there's a few teams out there right now that just have great, no injuries. I mean, the Titans had, what, three or four injuries. Tannehill was even brought out, um, uh, carted off at the beginning of the game. Again, I didn't even see that injury until after the fact, but you have to keep a positive mental attitude. If you don't do that, you are in big trouble, right? And and look where we're at now. Guys, we're in a playoff position. So, so what is some of the insight that Brandon Tilly says about getting through this negative roller coaster of this season? He said, you know what? Believe in myself. Believe in that and that you're the the that belief in the people that you're with every day. The coaches, the players, the organization. I trust the people that we're in with as a competitor. You're always improving something I pride myself in. And that's a really good point, right? It's one of those things that you have to definitely make sure you have to, you have to believe in yourself ultimately. Right. Um, and again, you know, and you got to stay poised, you got to stay positive and, you know, really just make sure you have a positive mental attitude. And, th- and that really proliferates into the team in general. Right. And that's a big thing. Right. And I like how we talk specifically about Justin Herbert here. Right. He said, Hey, he's the same guy. The first day when he walked in her and he's just getting better. Hopefully I have a lot of faith in myself, a lot of confidence in myself. Um, I will say this, guys. He has become a very good head coach, right? This is his second season. I personally saw a lot with Brandon Staley. I think Brandon Staley has solidified himself as the, the head coach for the Chargers. Could be for a very long time, right? He might get a contract extension. Guys were paying him $1 million a year. $1 million a year. It took us a long time and a lot of digging to even find that salary. He got a $4 million contract over four years, right? So so he's probably going to get a new contract and uh, we'll see how that plays out. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how he's, you know, how that's going to play out moving forward, right? Um, defense hitting their stride. Um, one of the things we talked about for the last two weeks um, is, is really, you know, making this defense match up on a lot of different styles. Because you have to think about it, you know, moving forward, right? Miami and Tennessee, as this article say, very different teams, right? Miami's a finesse team with speed. Tennessee is more of a smash mouth team that's just going to run the ball down your throat, throw the ball occasionally, and they could not be more different, right? But the thing is, the thing that I have liked about Brandon Staley is they, they've been able to match things up with, again, not our best personnel, right? So they did a good job of coaching with the players they had on the field to be successful. That's huge. Guys, that's going to be huge for us moving into the playoffs as well, too. And again, make no mistake, we should make the playoffs at this point, right? I think we are absolutely one of the teams um, that's going to make, and I don't really want to talk too much about that, but James is doing a video tomorrow on that. And, you know, we're looking very good to get a playoff spot, right? So again, you just got to punch a ticket. You just got to get out there and make it happen um, and go from it and, and just keep going, right? So, um, you know, uh, at any rate, they talked about the San Francisco game, the Kansas City. Our guys were on top of it last drive. And, you know, they gave us a chance to make games, you know, so they've made good strides. But the good thing, specifically when it talks about the defense, is we're doing really good team defense now. That's when it matters. You know, and I was having a conversation with a couple of football fans just the other day. They're, they're Eagle fans. So I was like, oh, our team's going to kill everybody. You guys, you know, nobody's going to beat us, yada, yada. And I'm like, look, that's true. You guys are doing great right now, but it only matters in the playoffs, right? And you start from zero, okay, as soon as you get into the playoffs. So if you're not playing well, you're not playing your best football into the playoffs, then it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. So um, 
again, these, these games gave this team character, right? And we're starting to see them play a lot better now as well, too. Um, yeah, they're definitely more, more playmaking. Um, and they practice well, and they've come out with a good game plan, right? I think a large part of this has been coaching, right? Keeping it very simple for the defense, for these younger players to step up, you know, like a Ja Taylor. Uh, Leonard's played a little bit. Lane, you know, some of these other guys have done a really good job. So it talks a little bit more about the defense. Um, you know, basically, you know, they talk specifically about how the defense has really had a lot of energy. And I will say this, I don't know. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it as well, but there's that whole linebacker and defensive lineman argument that happened on the sidelines. I'll, I'm going to give a little more thoughts into that as well, too. Um, people are starting, and, and I would agree with this. This is very much what I would agree with, that people are very comfortable in their roles and the game plan. I think to some degree, and I'm just going to say this, I do feel like there were some moments this season where not everyone was bought in on the game plan and their particular roles. I'm going to give you a great example, J.C. Jackson. When J.C. Jackson was out there, he was not comfortable. He was not playing the way that he normally knew. He did not understand this kind of hybrid zone man type of formation that Brandon Saley likes to run. So it, it was really interesting to see how you know he struggled when we all expected him to be absolutely amazing because he's that good of a player, right? So um, at any rate, um, so, and again, he basically just comes to say, he's like, I think you saw signs of it after the buy, um, but it was just starting to build, right? And it has really come alive for us, which is really great. The last two weeks is coming alive for us. And again, this is when you want to have your best football and we are finally doing it right now. And again, think about this. If we get Bosa back, get Derwin James back, and we continue the energy the way we're having now, Guys, there's no team that we can we cannot beat. There's no team that we cannot beat at this point. So um, I don't want to talk too much about this, but the clock management that Brandon Staley did at the very end was amazing. I mean, I remember, you know, that was the only time I really was able to watch the game 100%. We were driving in. I'll tell you the story. I was literally dropping my buddy off at the airport. After driving from Vegas, he, he had to hop on a flight, my boy Jason, um, and – we were literally watching the game. We watched the, the Dicker, the kicker field goal and everything like that. But that clock management, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to score. They're going to score. And Brandon Staley's using his timeouts. I'm like, man, that's kind of interesting that he's using his timeouts now. And he said, well, but good point, right? If he scores, what if they score two? You know, um, you never know how that's going to play out, right? You want to stop them, but save as much time as you possibly can so you can potentially, you know, kick a field goal and win the game. Well, anyways, the way he managed that clock at the end there and calling those timeouts – was masterful in my opinion absolutely masterful and i'll tell you that is coaching 100 coaching now notice this he gives accolades to people around him i have a great team director of football research tom arth up in the box special teams ryan ficken joe lombardi so i know there was some questions on our lives on monday saying what do you think joe lombardi is going to be our offensive coordinator sure well look i think i bottom line believe he's going to be our defense our offensive coordinator unless he gets a head coach somewhere else. Now, I would say this. If we make it to the playoffs, which I do think we will, um, and let's say we win one or two games, maybe make it to the AFC Championship game, and you know maybe even the Super Bowl, I promise you Joe Lombardi will get a head coaching role somewhere. He will. The reason being is he already had an interview last year, um, and you know he could you could very easily make the case that, hey, look, man, you know all these injuries, you still got to the playoffs, you still scored a bunch of points. He's going to get a nod. He will get a nod because really, I think what a lot of people care about in the NFL is leadership. Joe Lombardi, from what I've seen, is a good leader. I think he's a bad play caller, 
That's what I think, right? He's not scheming people open. He's not being creative in the way that he's managing, right? That's been my biggest criticism with him since day one. But if you start talking about him as being a, you know, head coach, I think, sure, why not? Um, so it'd be very interesting to see how that plays out with him. You know, um, again, uh, you all know my frustration with him. Now, I think the guy that might get a head coaching role right here, Ryan Ficken, um, you know, he's been a special teams coordinator, I think in the NFL for almost 10 years, maybe, maybe 12 years, but I'll tell you, man, he has changed our special teams and we are just, we're one of the best in the league. So it's a pretty amazing. So anyways, you know, I don't really want to talk too much about that, but bottom line, they did a great job of managing the clock. Um, Anyways, talked about two-point conversion. It could be a possibility. Now, this Chris Frump sack was huge because it did, you know, force them a longer field goal attempt than they did miss, which is amazing. Um, I don't really want to go too deep into this, but what I really want to say on that specifically is it's good to see our non-premium players step up, right? And, you know, Rump, we all know Rump was injured this season. He had some problems, and it's good to see him come in and contribute, right? And that's the thing, right? Gaziano got a sack. Calvin only got two sacks in a row. Uh, obviously, Chris Rumpf got a sack. These are huge, huge strides in the right direction for us guys as a team. Okay, not just this season, next season, right? And getting better. And again, another guy to talk about, Joshua Kelly. He's finally healthy, doing well again. Um, you know, I think we talked a little bit about this on Monday, but look, we're not seeing any Sony Michelle. He's not out there anymore at all. We're not even seeing any Spiller at this point. So. Um, it's been very interesting to see that we're only seeing Eckler and we're only seeing Joshua Kelly. But I'll tell you, man, um, you know, the, the run production is getting better. And I will say this. I think we could get even better, right? Again, Rashawn Slater could potentially come back. It'd be really interesting to see if that happens because what we could do is you can move. If Slater comes back, he could play left. And then we could have uh, Jamari move over to the right side. Uh, you got to wonder if that's going to really happen or they're just not going to let um, – uh, Jamari play at all. So it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out. Now, um, I do think that it was interesting seeing how this played out, right? Um, I'm going to read a little bit of this because I do think it's really good information. Um, not the splitters that we were running for. They were hoping to have more run in run production in this game. I think they really felt like they could run the ball um, and they did not run the ball as well as they wanted to. The first, the first drive, they did a pretty good job, right? Again, uh, Joshua Kelly got that touchdown. Um, they did a lot of two deep safety shell variations, which guess what guys, that's really Brandon Staley's off or excuse me, defense, right? He focuses on the too high safety, put a, put a lid on it and, and everything. But the, but the thing was that they would have a big advantage of running the ball because they were going to have a light box, but they still did not make it happen. They could not make that happen. Um, so basically our line was not beating our one-on-one matchups, right? So they were double teaming a lot of the defensive linemen that they have, and they get a very good defensive line guys. I mean, I would argue their defensive line, the Titans is way better than the chargers. They got more healthier players for sure. A lot of pro bowlers on that line. So um, again, we wanted to give the guys a chance to compete. You know, they did fine. Um, but again, a lot of improvement. And I think that's one of the things that I, but that I would give a takeaway, right? You can tell that the team is still trying to make the run game work but we're still struggling to make the run game work as a whole. But, you know, again, you know, you know, we were able to finish both of our red area drives with touchdowns um, running the football. And that's a good thing, um, but they definitely need to improve. There's a lot more that they can do. And again, again, the other argument could be to me, I still feel like we're getting very vanilla type of running offensive plays, right? A lot of halfback dive left, halfback dive, right. Some just center reads or some zone read type running formations, which 
Yes, they work, but still at the end of the day, you want to see a little bit more creativity, in my opinion. Again, it goes back to Joe Lombardi, my frustration with his inability to create some interesting type of plays. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how things are going. So um, now we just have to keep improving, stay on our combinations a little bit longer, you know, just really try to improve as a team. But, you know, um, I think this team is very close to a very big running game. Um, I think we're a little bit further away from it right now. Um, Yeah. And again, I I don't want to talk too much about Mike Williams, man. You know, the reality is this, that guy is just so great at catching the ball with those 50, 50 contested balls. He always comes down with it. And, and guys, that's huge. That is such a value in, in the NFL or any sport in general, right? Because Look, if you if you watch the post game show, um, Herbert and Williams specifically talked about, hey, look, man, just throw the ball up in the air. I will go get it, and he did it, right? I promise you that play was just run down the seam, throw a backside fade or something. I will go up and get the ball, and it worked, right? Um, <laughs> I always ask myself this question: Why aren't they doing that more in the game? Well, I think part of the reason why is they're running a lot more zone type of coverage or prevent defenses type of coverage um, in those two-minute drills, especially when there was, what, 43 seconds left. So it's a little difficult to play the same way. So typically the sidelines could be open. Um, In that case, I would have thought they would have been protecting the sidelines a lot more because they only had 40-some seconds and they didn't have a lot of time left on the clock to move the ball down the field to kick a field goal attempt. So anyways... Um, just, I, again, this is just a great little line here. Just throw her and I'll figure it out for you. He, he has done that his entire career. I think these, especially these past two seasons underneath Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi, he's done a very, very good job. So it's exciting to see that he's done a good job and he's improved himself as well, too. Um, he's a clutch player. We all know that, right? So, um, uh, yeah, I don't really want to talk too much about that, but you know, again, Williams, you know, He's just he's just an unstoppable type of player, right? So, um, so this is interesting on the team that's keeping track for other teams competing for a playoff spot. You know, look at the end of the day, um, I don't really want to go too too much into this, but basically, what they're saying is, look, at the end of the day, we're, we're taking care of our own business. Um, obviously, you figure things out usually after the game. But it was interesting during the uh, post game show. You know, the interviews they're like, oh yeah, did uh, the Raiders beat the Patriots? Oh wow, that's awesome and. And, you know, there was definitely a conversation around just the fact that these things happened, but they were not tracking. They were not paying attention. They were focused on the game. And I think that's the way you need to play football, guys. Don't let other teams make decisions for you. Just take care of your own business. And that's really the mindset of this team, which I think is amazing. It's been really great to see um, how focused they've been as a team and focused on their locker room. It was very clear to me they are not focused on anybody else but themselves, which I think is the right way to think about you know, going to any game. And again, we have a big one on Monday, guys. Monday is going to be a big game against the Colts. And so, you know, I sit back and think about that game and say, you know what, we got to take care of business. And yeah, (laughs) Indy was up 33 to nothing and they lost, right? They lost. That'd be the biggest comeback in NFL history and they lost. And it's, again, it's, you know, it's, it's a mindset. It's, it's how did that even happen? And you just got to sit back and say, oh my gosh, I mean, it's just, you know, Saturday must just be, beside himself like how did that possibly happen so at any rate very interesting very very interesting um it's the Colts like I said you've got a good like good players good coaches you got to stay focused and I really do believe that that's one of the things that's really nice to see with this team is that we're very focused on ourselves not anybody else um 
this is great too, right? And again, you know, we know the conversation our way, right? You know, we're doing it our way. And, you know, the winning culture is really is a mindset, right? And again, the no flinch conversation, again, shirts coming, guys. Shirts will be coming. Um, kick them in the dicker. That'll be coming as well too. Um, and and this is the one of the things that I really like that Brandon Silly's done. He said, that's, the, that's my mission coming here, right? He wanted to make sure people knew this is what our plan is. We are planning on having a winning culture. And in the NFL, you have to have that. And boy, this season, I think – you could almost make an argument with all these injuries. You've had enough people with depth. And the good thing is players that were not expected to play this entire season are stepping up and playing. Look at Mike Davis. Mike Davis had an almost a near perfect PFF score. And he's, I think he leads the league in broken up pass attempts. I mean, he is playing out of his mind this year. He only gets paid $7 million a year. Be really interesting to see how that plays out. Be interesting to see how it plays out with JC Jackson as well, too, because you have no idea how that's going to play out as well. Um, but again, it's not just Brandon Staley. It's a coaching staff. It's a support staff. It's everybody in that entire locker room. And again, I've said this before, when you start or you're creating a winning culture, you also need the ownership to be involved. And I am so impressed. You always see Tom Telesco in the locker room. You always see the Spanos family in the locker room. That is huge, guys. That is absolutely huge. And again, again, they are there to win and compete. And, you know, it's it's been a really good thing um, as a whole. The entire culture is has been improved. Now, again, remember when we talked about, you know, if Brandon Silly used to be like, oh, I would have said they'd probably wipe the entire place. I mean, they would just sterilize the entire, you know, locker room. And the reason being is, you know, you bring in like a Sean Payton or somebody else, Brandon Silly created a good culture, right? You know, he has clearly he has not lost the locker room and he's and, he, and the, the coaching staff has done a good job of keeping these players in the game. And I mean, I can definitely point out a number of different teams that have lost the locker room. I would say the Cardinals for sure, right? I mean, a lot of these players, the teams at the bottom, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is probably going to get let go. You know, personally, that's a guy I would, let's say Joe Lombardi leaves. I would love to see Cliff Kingsbury become um, our uh, offensive coordinator. I love what he does over there um, with the Cardinals, right? A running quarterback, what he can do. He does a much better job of rolling things out and scheming players up because I really don't think Kyler Murray is a great quarterback, but I think he's, I think Cliff Kingsbury is a much better offensive coordinator um, than a Joe Lombardi. So anyways, that's a whole nother conversation. I should do a video on that because I do think there are a few guys that if they are let go as head coaches could be a good replacement for a Joe Lombardi moving forward. If Joe Lombardi were to be offered a role, because Again, if he doesn't get a head coaching role, I don't think he will be uh, leaving uh, our staff anytime soon. Um, anyways, I don't want to talk too much about this, but bottom line, you you can tell that we're doing a, we're doing a lot as a coach to create a nice winning uh, personality. This is interesting. Um, again, you you know that you know uh, Phil Rivers loved the play action, right? But the thing is, he had good running backs and they had very good running games. And again, we've really struggled with the run this season. Um, I think for a lot of various reasons, right? I think the cohesiveness on the line with Corey Lindsley being out, you know, rookie right guard, you know, Pipkins being a revolving door, you know, it's just we've had injuries after injuries after injuries, you know, and, it, and it's been interesting seeing how that's played out. Um, you know, the play action um, has been good. Um, you know, we've had a lot of possessions the first half, but th that long eight minute drive chewed up a lot of clock. Um you know, they're trying to find that nice mix. The problem is, again, when, when you're not running the ball, they're not going to respect the play action at all. They just don't care. They're like, 
okay, you're not going to, that doesn't matter, right? Now, I will also say this too. If I have a criticism with Justin Herbert, he has not done a great job of selling the play action. I think a lot of times he just kind of shoots it out there, but not really, it, it's not selling the play action to the defense, in my opinion, not like some of the other um, teams do. You know, where you you bring it down, then, then you tuck it in, then you kind of run a few steps back, and then you turn around and then throw. I think he kind of turns into his passing motion a little sooner than he probably should to maybe sell the play action a little bit more. But again, um, the play action just has not really, that's definitely something they can improve on the offense for sure. I really do believe that they need to get that better. Um, again, they played a lot of zone. There was very little man-to-man and almost no single safety from what I noticed. It was pretty much always a too high safety or two shell is what Brandon Say likes to call it. So they wanted to take away the, the top play. Now, the, the thing that was interesting, though, too, is they had a very light box. Um, I think he says it right here. Mm. I think they were expecting – see, and this is really why in the game plan they thought they were going to be able to run the ball a lot more because they were going to be playing a lot, lot, lot more lighter boxes. They thought, okay, we can beat these guys. Here's how we do it. And the plays that they just kept trying to run obviously were not working. They were not beating the guys in front of them. So – so there's arguments to be made that our offensive line is really just not playing well cohesively. We obviously know that Herbert's been hit a lot. I mean, not only sacked, I think he had three sacks this last game, but he was hit, I think, 12 times. So so those are things that you know are definitely starting to stack up against that. And again, we want to keep Herbert healthy as much as possible, especially when we play more premium-type defenses, Chiefs, Bills. I mean, those defenses, you got to have your A game. So it'll be very interesting to see how those kind of move forward. But um, anyways, uh, let's see. Um, uh, see, we wanted – so let's just – I'll read this last little bit here and then we'll move to the next point. We wanted to run the football. We did not want these guys teeing off on us, teeing off on us as in hitting Justin Herbert a ton. Uh, that's not what we wanted, obviously, right? That was not the plan yesterday. We have to continue to have the consistency uh, on offense on early downs. A couple of things that I get a little frustrated with when you start talking about play action, you start talking about running the ball on first down. I always feel like the first down run is so predictable. I'm more of a guy of mixing up the first down run and play type of conversations. Now you could argue, especially if you're trying to running the clock down or whatnot, let's say you're up by 10 in the fourth quarter, you know, let's, let's shoot clock, let's shoot clock. That's fine. But the problem is, is some of these plays and these formations, it becomes so predictable that, oh, this is definitely going to be a run. You know, I'm not a big fan of that. I think it's time for us to mix things up or do some play action, do something a little bit different. You know, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways that you could make things like that happen. So I get a little frustrated with the run, run, pass type of thing. And I think we did a lot of that this game, um, especially in the first quarter or no, second quarter for the most part, right? So so it's a little, little bit interesting. Um, on the offensive production in the first quarter, you have to continue ask it because it's going to continue to happen. Um, they're not getting the explosive plays, right? And they're, they've had the negative plays, right? Um, in the in the red zone, that was kind of crazy. That was right before the half. And then he threw another pick, I believe, in the third. Um, so again, this is this is troubling for me, right? Again, I keep going back to, I there was a statistic I saw that Bill Belichick said going almost out of every third, going into every third quarter. I think I think he's got like ten games consecutive that they've scored a touchdown coming after. Um, a halftime, right? It just goes to show you they know how to scheme people open and know how to manage the game correctly and make adjustments at the half. This is something that this team has not done a good job of, of making adjustments. Okay, this didn't work. Okay, let's focus on something else. And I, and I keep asking myself why, right? Why is that the case? 
The best answer I could tell you is that we're just not adjusting. We're just continuing to do the same thing over and over again, right? I don't see us trying to do anything different or switching things up. You know, I liked, I believe it was against the Miami team, the game. We had Austin Eckler do a little wildcat. Why aren't we doing more wildcat? You know, another person that you could probably do this would be a, a spiller or even probably a Joshua Kelly, right? I think a lot of those guys could do a really good job, you know, but you have, you have him running the wildcat, um, maybe even throwing the ball over to Justin Herbert on the other side and then throw the ball downfield to, you know, one of his guys or he can run the ball. Lots of different options, you know? And so, um, again, a lot of problems staying away from negative plays, turnovers. I think, I think our two turnovers were in the third quarter, if I remember correctly. Um, so it, it become a bit of an issue to me. Right. And it's, it's one of those things that I just get a little frustrated, but it's like, it's like, guys, like, like, how are we not getting better? Right. Um, you know, we're not doing, we're not improving the right way. Right. Again, Brandon Silly says, I stand behind what I'm saying. Explosion, stay away from the negative plays. score the ball in the red zone. Um, again, we gave away two negative plays and really struggled to move the ball, you know, really from the whole middle of the game, right? So we started out strong, ended strong, but really the middle was just kind of a, a rough battle. So they got to clean that up. Um, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, I will say this, both of these guys are playing amazing. Drew Tranquil is becoming a, a absolute leader. Um, Kenneth Murray is finally moving into a very good role as a linebacker. I think both of these guys are playing well together. Now, I want to talk, I did mention this before, but I did want to talk specifically about how the defensive linemen, Sebastian Joseph Day, Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, kind of got at each other. Drew Tranquil specifically talked about it and he said, look, we're just heated, right? We're just wanting to be out there to compete, right? They kept talking about specific formations and specific you know, lines. You did this wrong. You did that wrong, yada, yada. Look, they're seeking per- perfection out of each other. And it's a good thing. They're holding each other accountable. And the good thing is, is these are players holding each other accountable. It's not coaches showing up and saying, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. It's good that people are calling each other out. Now, leads to blows, leads to more hurtful words or whatever. That's a problem. That's when the coaching staff needs to step in and and nip it in the bud. But at the end of the day, what I saw was passion. I saw competition. I saw people out there trying to make each other better and making sure they're doing things the right way. And I'll tell you what, Kenneth Murray is looking good. Drew Tranquil is looking really good. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. What I would love to see these next three games, three straight up blowouts, just blowouts, just absolute planting donkey punches and, you know, maybe making, you know, it, you know, so who knows Chase Daniel comes in for a little while or even, you know, Justin Herbert doesn't have to play an entire week going into the playoffs. Right. So he can rest the, you know, the final game of the season. You know, I want to see that because it's, it's good. You want to see Drew Tranquil get healthy. You want to see Kenneth Murray get healthy and, and get better moving into the playoffs, right? So at any rate, I don't really want to talk too much about this, but but Tranquil's been a good blitzer. K9's definitely improving. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to be said about all that, right? The delay of game was a little bit weird. I don't really know why that happened specifically. Um, but ultimately, Brandon Silly says it was completely my fault, right? And, and you know, there's some truth to that, right? I think, I think Brandon Silly definitely, you know, made a – he didn't get the grouping on the field fast enough, right? And it's not necessarily his fault, but I think there was probably a delay in making the call. Luckily, Dick or the kicker made the kick anyways. So it, anyways, it, it all worked out, but it, it could have been worse, right? I mean, what, what if that was, you know, a 55-yard kick, right? You know, maybe Dicker doesn't make that kick, right? But, um, you know, it, it was interesting. So, and I like what he says. It's certainly a learning uh, thing for him. We could have managed it better. And, I, you know, I, I, 
The thing that I have really liked about Brandon Staley specifically is that he's never happy with what they've done. He is still improving as a head coach. And I made a comment, I think it was five or six episodes. I mean, it was probably five or six weeks. It might have been during the bye where we specifically talked about how Brandon Staley has really improved as a head coach. And these particular situations are really improving him as a head coach, as someone that can that can lead and move the ball down the field. So it's really exciting seeing what he can do. Um, anyways, I, I'm, I'm really happy uh, with what he's done. Um, uh, on if the team could have ran the clock down, I was opposed to running extra play. Yeah. Um, at the end, then we, it, it again, I mean, they could have ran it down even more, but what's the point, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, this is interesting. You know, the one thing that I have really liked about Joe, you know, the game plan, specifically against the Dolphins, uh, there was a statistic that uh, I think James sent over in in our personal chat. We need we need to have some more of those when we pull up during our lives, so we'll, we'll get better at um, having those available um, to show as talking points. But Justin Herbert, there was some sort of statistic that he showed that he had like, I think it was like he was ten for ten when he was moved outside the pocket, and his, and his passer rating is like perfect. Uh, and I think it was against the Dolphins specifically. So he just has the ability to be so accurate outside of the pocket and move. When he uses his legs, he does a lot of things very well. And, and, and that's huge, guys. That's huge in the NFL because if you're moving, usually your numbers go down. His improves. That's amazing, right? So it's, you know, again, he's already broken records. He already broke the, the, the record for three years. He's just going to continue breaking records again. We got three games ahead of us. He's probably going to at least put another thousand yards of passing on who knows how many touchdowns, but, but it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But you know, when you got guys like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, Everett, it does make things a lot better. Right. So, um, and again, um, again, as he says, you know, zing it behind your ear, which we saw last week. You remember that ball that just went right past the defender, right into Keenan Allen's hands. I mean, he didn't even have to do anything. The ball went right. There's like, how the hell did that even get there? Um, he can do that. Right. You know, I, I will I will say this. Justin Herbert is more accurate than I think any other quarterback in the league. I really believe that, right? He is extremely accurate. But you put pressure in his face, things can change. You know, and that's one of the things that um, you know, makes him very difficult to defend. But it also means that you got to make sure you give him a little bit of time so he can adjust, use his footwork, and move forward. That was one of the things that we talked about quite a bit in the offseason that he really wanted to work on his footwork, you know, his five-step drops, three-step drops. And really just managing his feet and pushing off the right way and leading into his throws. And guys, he's just going to get better, right? He's just going to get better. So that's exciting to see. Um, anyways, uh, I don't want to go too deep into this as well, too. But again, this this is something I did touch on earlier. But KVN, Morgan Fox, a.k.a. Megan Fox, performing so much better these last few weeks, right? And Bryce Callahan is having a great season. Look, I'll put in just here. Taylor in there as well, too. Um, you know, it's good to see people we would call depth players perform and go out there and actually contribute, but they've played very well. Um, you know, uh, and again, one thing that, uh, you know, Brandon Staley specifically said, he says, Kyle Vannoy played really good for us yesterday. I thought maybe it's his best game. I felt like there's been a few times that KVN has been a little bit confused on what to do. Right. I think he's kind of, um, he's kind of in this middle spot where he's like, okay, do I set the edge or do I rush? And you can, I, you can always tell he's not quite decisive on what he's doing. And, um, but again, you know, 
the team as a whole is playing a lot better too. So it's, so it is interesting, right? Um, you know, and Morgan Fox has been a stud the whole way. I would agree with this, right? But he's more of a pass rushing defensive lineman rather than an edge rusher like a Kyle Van Noy. So there are definitely different roles, but you can definitely tell that they're improving as a, as a unit to play a lot better. So it's pretty sweet, a pretty, pretty good. Uh, but Bryce has been lights out, you know, and having him out on the field is amazing. So I, I really hope he stays as healthy as possible. Um, you know, so, and again, just as he says, those guys are doing it for us very well. So anyways, um, uh, so this is an interesting conversation. We talked a little bit about this. We talked about this quite a bit, the amount of check downs. I think Austin Eckler leads the league in the most amount of, of receiving, uh, checkdowns of any running back in the league. And a large part of that was because we didn't have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. We're not seeing that anymore because what they're, what they're doing is they're getting open. So, so Justin Herbert doesn't have to check the ball down. Um, and ultimately, you know, you have to kind of make a decision. Well, where are the gaps going to be? Right. And again, you, you look at the way we run offensively, right? It's really about separation and beating the man in front of you, right? Or at least trying to beat the the, the uh, double teams if you are having one, if you're a wide receiver or even tied in for that matter. Um, so again, they try to stretch the coverage and try to create space, try and create one-on-one matchup issues. Um, that's the whole point. Um, if you stretch the, the ball down the field, um, then it, it it makes things worse. And even if you had seen th- this is where I like not having a Guyton is a huge problem because you have a fast guy that can just run through the zone that breaks the zone. You got to remember if you got two high safeties, you run a two shell and you have a guy run right down the middle, maybe run right to the side. Well, guess what? That guy on this side, the left side, if he's running down to the right side, he will have to shade over to the right. Well, the left side will be completely open deep. So then whoever's running that way, will be open on that side, right? And Justin Herbert knows how to do it. And that's how all these plays are schemed up, okay? It's not rocket science. It's really, really not rocket science. But again, knowing what your wide receiver is getting on the same page of knowing what they're going to do versus their defense is, is a big part of it, right? You're starting to see that now. But again, stretching the coverage is huge. So when they're running those two high safeties, it's a little difficult to stretch the field. So that's when you start doing check downs or you do your mediates, intermediates, not your longs. Um, or your shorter type of pass plays to get the ball out of your hands so you don't get sacked, right? Um, and again, this is an interesting point, right? Um, he says, you can't go without making a profit. And that's a really good point, right? So at the end of the day, the theory, and clearly what they've said with Justin Herbert is this, look, at the end of the day, man, if it's not open downfield, do not try and force anything, check the ball down. So check the ball down, check the ball down, check the ball down. And I think that's exactly why there were so many check downs prior to getting Williams and Allen back. Well, now even Parham, right? Because you even got another threat with Donald Parham, which I think he's a much better receiving wide receiver, excuse me, tight end than Gerald Everett. I think he's done a very good job um, matchup wise. So that's why there's been so many checkdowns because they've been taking off the the long pass down or or the longer type of place, the 15, 20 yard plays. Um, Anyways. And so it's, it's not a secret that everybody in the NFL adjusting can throw the ball downfield. Okay. And that's very true. So guess what they're doing? They're taking away the downfield throw. They do not want to give up the big play. And they're basically just trying to say, hey, look, we have to be patient and we have to keep our scripts for success. Um, and again, you know, the check down is a plan B. And in most defenses in the NFL, and I've said this before, they don't care about the check down. They're fine with you doing that. They, they just don't care. They're like, ah, nah, check down, check down's fine, check down's fine. Um, but so anyways, um, 
they definitely want to move the ball downfield. So that's going to be to add up to a lot of yardage for us and going to add up for the scoring the ball better. That's what we have to do moving forward. So again, just remember the the baseline understanding for most of the defensive or see the offensive plays that the Chargers run, one guy deep, one guy intermediate, one guy at the sticks, and a check down. That's usually how it plays out. And it's a variation of all four of those, right? So it could be four curls, could be one deep. Um all different option routes. Um, so it's really an interesting situation, you know, how this has played out. And it's nice to see this guy running the show, man. Like he's doing a really good job. And I do think he's audibling a lot more, which I think is a good thing too. So, all righty guys. So we're getting pretty um, long winded at this point. So let me, let me wrap up here and, and so look at the end of the day, guys, big wins, um, big wins against Miami, big wins against uh, Tennessee. I, again, my, my best expectation is we were going to split. And we came out and won. And guys, that make no mistake was absolutely huge in my opinion. The fact that we stepped up and played the way we did um, in those situations um, was amazing, right? And now, guys, we're in a playoff position, okay? With three very winnable games moving forwards, not a problem. Okay, we should take those three games, not an issue. So the good news is we control our own destiny. We control our own destiny. And, And right now, if you look at, you know, I don't want to give too much away from my brother's video that he's going to do tomorrow, but we literally are in the catbird seat to win moving forward. So guys, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think, I think this is great. I think this is awesome. If you're a charger fan, um, I fully believe and suspect that we're going to be in the playoffs um, moving forward. Um, And guys, at the end of the day, we are controlling our destiny, which is amazing. So what do you guys think? How do you think we're performing? How do you think we can improve? I personally think that we're doing an excellent job. I think we have an opportunity to win, win out the rest of the season, maybe even rest Justin Herbert for a game. Um, you know, at the end of the season, you never know, right? Um, and and uh, you know, just go out there and perform. Let some of these guys like Derwin James and Joey Bosa get extremely healthy so they can go out there for that playoff run, playoff push. So, guys, I'm excited. Andrew Bolpro is here again. Like and subscribe. If you guys have not done that, please hit that like button. It really helps us out. It's important because. More people will see our videos. More people will see what we're doing, and uh, we can we can contribute and have more conversations with more Charger fans. Oh, by the way, I will be out in. I am in Arizona. You guys know this, but I will be at the. There's an event um, on Monday Night Football. I'll be out there with the uh, Arizona crew here, so I'm excited to see you guys out there as well too. We'll talk more probably about that on Friday, um, going into the game, and probably our pregame maybe on Saturday or Sunday. I'm not quite sure what day we're going to do it yet, but at the end of the day, guys, Andrew Bolpros. See you guys in the next one.